Welcome to the Dr. Chris Griffin Show, your resource for leveraging systems and technology to ease your workload, increase productivity, and provide you with the time off you deserve to live the life of your dreams. It's time to practice productivity and the passionate pursuit of a better life with your host, Dr. Chris Griffin. The doctor is in. Hello, everybody. Jerry Jones here with Jerry Jones Direct. And um, I'm with a man from Ripley, Mississippi, the only dentist I know in Ripley, Mississippi, Mr. Dr. Chris Griffin. <laughs> How are you, Chris? Thank you, Mr. Dr. Jerry Jones. It's good to be oh, with you today. Just- Mr. Only, please. I, I, uh, I, I couldn't even pretend to be a doctor, so um, I would be a horrible doctor. You want that removed, Mr. Smith? No problem. <clears throat> Fire up the chainsaw and here we go. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I could do that. But man, welcome. Welcome. Um, I'm glad to be on your show. And I know you're, you know, maybe you're thrilled to be on mine. Maybe you're scared. I don't know. Maybe you're just like, hey, let's tear it up. No, I feel like we should do the, uh, you should be like the Rush Limbaugh intro, like coming live from the great woods of the Northwest, Mr. Jerry Jones. And, and I even got, I even have my flannel on today. So, I know. you know, I mean, I know. Uh, Look, you're like a Will Ferrell lumberjack guy on Saturday Night Live. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, the Portland Winterhawks, I think it's the Winterhawks. Is it? No, it's the, it's the Portland Timbers, the soccer team, Major League oh. Soccer team. They almost won the championship this year. Um, you know, soccer doesn't get any love in this country, or very little love anyway. But uh, they've got a mascot named Timber Joey, and he's got his, you know, metal hat on and his flannel, and he's got a power saw, and he's at every game. So, you know, Timber Jerry is here. Well, the reason soccer doesn't get any love in this country is because, uh, like, my son just blew his ACL out uh, playing soccer, and he's going to miss his senior golf season because soccer is such a – it's a rough sport, man. It's a crazy rough sport. No pads, and you got to go all out. It's – yeah, as they say, balls to the wall. I mean, you got to go all out. You got to be a man to play that sport. You really do. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get kicked in the shins. I'm too much of a sissy. But I'll put pads on and I'll go nose to nose with anybody. Or I'll do taekwondo because I can take a hit. You know, I can give a hit. I can take a hit. But soccer, you're going fast. You got to go like 20 miles an hour to run, and I'm not moving that quickly. So, <laughs> well, Chris, let's get into this because we got. I know we got. We could talk for days on different things that are happening in dentistry. Um, but uh, we've got a big topic in front of us. And uh, I have to thank you for contributing to this, uh, the brand new 2019 State of Dentistry. Um, So that's what we're here to talk about today, I think, right? Yes. um, And in typical fashion, um, I thought that in 2012, this was a great idea. And then um, I did it once. And then I totally um, did not have the... uh, the wherewithal to continue this and then you have picked up the slack and you've delivered this amazing report i don't know if anyone's seen it yet but uh this report you've just got coming out this 2019 state of dentistry is something else i would recommend everybody get your hands on a copy if you have any desire to have any future in dentistry at all so uh, is how's that for a recommendation? Wow. Well, I think we can pretty much wrap it up. Go to thestateofdentistry.com and request your copy. It's been <laughs> it's been a pleasure. That's right. <laughs> oh man. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Um, a labor of love. Uh, this this piece was definitely time consuming. Um, I interviewed uh, ten additional folks, um, nine of which I ended up including in this edition. Um, and it's something that's totally different. I've never gone outside of my, my own thoughts and my own observations. 
to put this together. And so this time I thought, you know, hey, I'm going to go talk to people that are out there, docs that are in the trenches, docs that are running a solo practice, docs that have converted from solo to now DSO type practices. And, um, and then some folks like, you know, a CPA interviewed Doug Fettig from, Al uh, from Aldrich, um, a big firm and dentistry and um, a couple other folks. So Dr. Mark Cooper, who's a retired periodontist, very unique um, visionary, I would call him in dentistry, um, was vilified in the, <laughs> in the 80s for talking about exactly what we're going to be talking about today. And look at that, all of his stuff come true. He's like the Ray Kurzweil of dentistry. Guys really, well, really he's, you know, I read he, uh, he had a really good report. I don't know what year it was written, but um, I actually read his report when I was doing my state of dentistry in 2012. Because uh, so he, he has had his finger on this pulse, but he, like I said, he's 20 years ahead of, ahead of the game. Yeah. And uh, yeah. The, the pioneers, you know, the pioneers get the arrows. Uh, <laughs> don't they ever. And I guess he got them. But man, that dude is one, I've never met him, but he is one smart guy. There's no doubt yeah. about it. He is. And um, talk about accessible. Like every time I've, you know, called him up to chat with him, I mean, you know, he's ready to talk. And um, we actually will be posting uh, probably a chunk of his video that uh, we did because we did a webinar like this, essentially. The two of us, when we recorded um, different parts of the information for the state of dentistry. So I'll probably be posting some of those excerpts uh, from the videos. Um, as a matter of fact, I got somebody working on it. I just haven't figured out when or how or whatever, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I guess to cut to the chase with him, you know, back in the eighties, he's looking at medicine and going, this whole thing's going to collapse. It's going to turn into a, you know, it's going to turn into something totally different. The independent physician is going to become extinct, which they did. Um, I mean, yeah, there's boutique physicians. I've got one by the way, and I love him. Um, but, uh, th that whole landscape changed Then pharmacy, um, the pharmacy business has changed. And uh, there's been other industries that undergo this process, you know, evolution. Um, but, uh, you know, back when you and I wrote about it in 12 and 13, um, you know, we knew this was going to happen, <laughs> right? Um, the writing was on the wall. I mean, it was, it was really, frankly, it wasn't like they were using invisible ink. I mean, you could see it. Well, yeah, yeah nobody, really, um, nobody really paid attention to me all that much. So I did a lecture in 2012 called uh, The Coming Storm. And that lecture is what I based then the, my state of dentistry off of. And I had um, like, I had three big predictions in that lecture and, and they hadn't come true yet. So in 2012, I had my number one threat was uh, corporations, which mm -hmm. I didn't even know what a DSO was. That term, if it was around in 2012, was very, like nobody really knew what that was, right? Right. Um, so I think I was probably right on that prediction. That is a huge threat to the solo practice. And, I, I, and one in your report, I feel like I was ahead of my time on this one, the, the dental therapist. I was like, the handwriting's on the wall in that. Uh, governments are all, and insurance companies are always looking for the lowest price. Um, and so if you get somebody that'll do 90% uh, of our job for 100 grand a year, I think that's coming. Uh, it really, it hasn't taken off the way I thought it would, but I mean, I still think it's coming. We may still be five, 10 years out. I don't know. Cause it is hard to get stuff through government legislatures, believe me. Uh, and then the third one I had, and I don't know if this one is kind of, I may have been wrong on this one, but I, I said that I felt like, uh, cause Obama was president, right? So I believed that by the time he left office, he would have convinced the public 
that all healthcare should be free. And, um, you know, he did a pretty darn good job of trying to do that. Maybe there's a little uh, respite, you know, uh, with Trump. <laughs> I don't know, but, but uh, I, that hasn't three, three letters yet. come to mind. AOC. <laughs> so, well, oh, AOC yeah, yeah, right. socialism and the Green New Deal. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Let's ask that girl some history questions. And, yeah. uh, man, you but anyway. ask her name, and I think she's going to have problems with it. Yeah, but uh, so that hadn't happened yet, but I think it did hurt. Uh, it hurt my practice. Uh, so many more people feel like they should know anything out of pocket. They just feel that way. Um, and, you know, it takes more and more case presentation skill to get back to where you were five or 10 years ago, right? Because they put that in your mind. And it's just, um, it's just sort of poison the well. So that was my three big predictions. And uh, I feel like I was kind of on the money. But, uh, you know, I'm, is, they hadn't happened yet. And I, I wish that there was some way we could stave it off. But I, I know it's a tough sledding. Um, I don't know if you've got any ideas about that. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know if, I, I mean, I don't think we can stave anything off, but to your point about, um, about what's going on with dental spending and which is indicative of what you were just talking about. Um, back in 2018, the health policy Institute together with Morgan Stanley, uh, conducted a webinar and the health policy Institute, I believe is an arm of the ADA. I mean, they're sponsored, I think by the ADA, they're funded by the ADA. Um, you know, the, the guy, the, the head PhD um, economist there, uh, and I can't pronounce his last name. I mean, no disrespect, but um, smart guy. I mean, and, and I enjoy reading his findings. Um, I think he's pretty blunt um, in his, you know, in his, his conversations that he's putting out there. And if you want to look at stuff, you can go on the ADA.com or ADA.org and you can look for Health Policy Institute papers. But I pulled this statistic and about the dental economy. And I mean, you know, look, we're, we're flattened out. I mean, since about 2000, the peak hit at about 2007, looking at this chart. And we haven't been back to 2007 as far as national dental expenditures per capita since. That's, you know, I mean, that is ridiculous since 2007. So we're 12 years now where we're flat. And what does that mean for dental earnings? That means that our profits have dropped right? I mean, because if our practice doesn't grow, our profits will drop based on, based on just creeping overhead and all the other economic factors that affect that. Looking at um, uh, dental spending, I mean, it, you know, looking at their charts here on dental spending, it obviously took a massive dip in 2008 and it bumped up in 2010. Um, and it's more or less been sideways since 2010. So um, yeah, Chris, I mean, this is a big deal, but to your point about, can we stave it off? I don't think we can. And I think part of the message that I really wanted to get through to doctors as they read the state of dentistry is that, um, I mean, you can fight it. We can throw a fit about it. We can have conversations like this about it. Um, but at the end of the day, I hate that phrase, but the, the bottom line result, which is also another phrase I hate, <clears throat> but you know, the conclusion I made is that you either, um, adjust your outlook, your concepts, your thoughts, and your thinking about dentistry and where you sit today, in that, you know, in this industry, which I love and have spent 23 years in, uh, and you work with it. And so let's say, for example, Chris, tomorrow in, in Mississippi, they legalize or approve dental therapists. Well, I know you're an entrepreneur. I know exactly what you're going to do. You're going to go find, you're going to go, you're going to go find 
the first dental therapist that passes the board exam and you're going to say, hey, come here to Ripley. And are your fees going to drop? Uh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. So now the smart money is on what I just said. I, I know that's what you do because, you know, if I still had my office here, if I saw my dental practice here in Salem, that's exactly what I do. If Oregon, the minute Oregon approved dental therapists, I would, I would be promoting my practice at whatever dental school was going to be providing those therapists. And I mean, I would work like mad to get one in there. And I would be, you know, I'd hope to be on the cutting edge of that. And I mean, if you look at it, and, and I'll shut up here for a second, because I want your reaction to this. But if you look at this from the angle of, instead of changing dynamics, like these, these dynamics that are shifting in dentistry, dental therapists, insurance, um, you know, the third party payer, I mean, all these, all the pressures, you know, but you know, when dentists look at technology, they're, they're quick to adapt. They love gadgets. Um, they want the latest, greatest thing to provide more patient comfort, to do more dentistry faster, easier with more predictability. I mean, that's like what dentists live for. And I, I think that's great. I would take that same attitude, that same passion, and I would convert it over to, I want to keep making dentistry great. I want to make dentistry great again. So <laughs> um, I want to keep making it great. And so I'm going to pay attention and adapt my business model to the changes instead of digging my claws in and being reluctantly dragged into retirement, you know, and not making the kind of money that I should be making and not living the lifestyle that I should be living. So I think, I mean, it's a very conscious choice. You can say, yeah, I'm going to adapt or no, um, you know, F you dentistry. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and I'm going to slowly go broke. That's okay. Uh, you can say that. I have friends that have said that. But the problem is, if you like living a lifestyle where you make three to six hundred thousand dollars a year, uh, you need to tell me what job that we're qualified for to just go boom, boom tomorrow into that makes you that kind of money. Uh, I don't know where that job exists, Jerry. It's certainly not teaching school. Um, it's very unlikely it's in the stock market. It's very unlikely it's in real estate. I don't care how, how good you think you are at real estate. I don't know how many of you guys have owned real estate. Uh, guess what? Real estate costs money and gives you liability uh, while you're trying to build it up. Not that I'm against it. I'm just saying, if you like living a, a dentist lifestyle, you know, there's very few things we can do that makes us this kind of money. So um, I think the Which best thing your report said you probably need to find a way to uh, play the game. Which doctor was it that said that about the, uh, if you're not involved with the PPOs, you're going to be out of the game in what, five years or 10 yeah. years? Yeah. That's John Busby. Yeah. And there's, and there's a dentist that's been playing this PPO game for 15 years, 15 plus years. He's since he's been a member, a client of mine, he's been in the game. And I mean, he plays it very strategically plays it very well and he's very successful. And even, even with PPOs, um, they have a huge margin. And, and the reason why they can be successful is because they've, they knew that he knew instinctively and looking at what was happening in dentistry. And I think I, I think he even quoted it here in the report and said something to the effect of, I was at risk of having doctors not busy. That is more expensive than taking a 10 to 15% reduction in fees. And his strategy then was, I'll take the reduction, but every year I'm coming back and I'm going to negotiate a higher fee schedule with you. And so for 15 years, he was so far ahead, all the fee negotiators in dentistry, it's not even funny. And I can remember mastermind meetings 10 years ago, 12, 13 years ago, him saying, hey, this is what I do. This is how I work with PPOs and I'm very profitable. So he pushed his overhead down to as, as low as possible in the low 50s 
And so he's got plenty of room to take a 10, 15, even 20% discount on his fees. But he's negotiated all of them far, far above what the standard fee schedule is for, you know, for everybody except for Delta, because Delta doesn't negotiate with anybody. That's their position. So, yeah, I mean, I think I, that now that I will say this, I'll make a bold <clears throat> prediction here, Jerry. I, I'm going to say in a few, five years, they won't, they won't be negotiating with us on fees anymore. No, I think, I think, I think five years is pretty generous too. Yeah, I mean, right. a lot of these companies are shutting it down now. Yeah. They get, they get all the dentists in the boat they want. Why would they need to negotiate? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, uh, it's market I, penetration. It's economics. And you know, I thought maybe I'm just not good at it. Right. So I negotiated some fees. We got one that's $1 below fee one. Uh, but that's because I'm the first one to take them probably. Uh, so I actually hired one of these fancy, you know, negotiation companies a few years ago. Uh, guess what? We didn't get, uh, we didn't get hardly, they didn't get anybody. They, we gave them 10 grand and they negotiated supposedly with all these companies, zero increases. So turned out I was probably a better negotiator than the company I hired. So uh, just don't count on negotiating those fees. You know, uh, when I decided, of course, you know, our, you know my story, cause I was, tried to be this big fancy cosmetic uh, reconstruction, Pete Dawson, LVI, implant dentist in Ripley, Mississippi. Give me a break. Where's that again? <laughs> right. So uh, <laughs> we had a furniture factory in town that employed like, I don't know, 2,000 people in a town of 6,000. So the whole county pretty much worked there. That's where I worked in high school when I got out at lunch my senior year, right? Uh, everybody worked at this one factory and they got on Delta Dental. Well, guess what? Believe it or not, uh, Delta Dental patients firmly were so proud. They were proud of that benefit and they wanted to go to a dentist that took it. So I fought it for a while. I sent this fancy letter out. Hey guys, I don't know if you realize this, but they will not let me charge uh, this really, they won't let me charge my regular fees and I just can't perform this amazing quality dentistry that I've traveled the country learning for you guys to make you better uh, at these fees. So we're gonna, I won't be able to be a provider for your insurance. And I've told this from the seminars, it's true. I sent out, at that time I had 100 Delta Dental patients. This was early on in my career. And uh, I sent the letter out, 100 letters just as a test. <laughs> in six months, people still hadn't even paid attention to the letter. So <clears throat> one year later, out of 100 letters, Jerry, how many of those 100 Delta Dental patients do you think were still my patient in one year? Oh, man. <clears throat> well, I'm going to say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge my bets. Either all 100 or none of them. Well, no, it, two. <laughs> I lost 98% of my Delta Dental patients. So I'm just a simple country boy, but I'm going to tell you, uh, you can't make a living taking a 98% loss um, when that's the biggest employer in your community or else you're just going to have to move. I mean, you just can't do it. So I had to come up with a way. And I think that the guy in your report said this too. I, I said, well, guess what? If I'm going to have to take this and I want to have that good income level, right? That's my dream. I hadn't achieved it trying to be a fancy dentist. So uh, what can I do? And so we cut all the fat out of everything and systematized everything so that we could see three patients without losing quality in the same time we were seeing one patient. And so basically we three X our procedures. And uh, so we're getting a little bit less. It's not that big a deal. And i tell you something that sort of ticks me off a little bit about the way dentists think about PPOs. Now, Hey, I hate insurance companies as much as you do. And it's getting worse every year. And I think 
I'm hedging my bets. Like we're starting to do medical billing now because mm -hmm. I'm trying to hedge my bet because I don't think dental insurance is headed the wrong direction. But if you tell me, oh, I could never take that reduction in fees. Well, okay. If you took, let's say that your fee one would have been 125,000 and, but you take the PPO and you get a hundred thousand dollars worth of production off that, like, you know, Jerry and I have studied a guy named Dan Kennedy. You would consider that $25,000 a marketing cost and take it all day long. Would you not? And that hundred thousand may be discounted, but think about all the future business and the referrals you can get by being good to those people and stuff like that. That doesn't even factor in. So you can still do it at least at this day and time. If you want a regular type practice, like Dr. Busby said, I think you've got to get involved, uh, with the PPOs and systematize. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree. Well, and, and I, I mean, even from back when I first started in this industry, when somebody explained to me what dental insurance was and how it affected cash flow and how it affected the practices, I mean, I looked at it and thought, so they're going to give you a patient and you're going to take a discount or a hit, however you want to, however you want to phrase it. I'm like, well, wouldn't you spend that money on marketing to attract that patient anyway? And so, I mean, I, that's always been sort of my mindset. And so at my office, I mean, we took, I mean, at one point we were taking Medicaid um, and fine. It worked, it worked out for the period of time that we were in. We didn't remain a Medicaid provider forever, but we took it for a period of time. Um, <clears throat> but even then we had to change the business model in order to be profitable. We knew instinctively that if we treat this segment of the patients and schedule them the same way, I don't, I don't mean by treating, by clinically treating them. I mean by how, how they're scheduled and how we bill for them and how we speak to them about money because it's different than if you're commercial and, you know, commercial patient, whatever. Um, we had to make those adjustments and you make the adjustments. That's all. That's what you do. Business is about continuously evaluating and readapting and changing and modifying, updating your systems. I, I guarantee you, Chris, there isn't a dentist listening to this, all one of them. Uh, there isn't a dentist listening to this anywhere in America who's using the same systems today that they were using if they were in business 10, 15, 20 years ago. The systems change. People change. How you're going to get paid is, is going to change. Mark Cooper, in the, and I don't know if I included in this, in this edition or not, but in our conversation, Mark spent time talking about blockchain. He goes, hey, man, blockchain's coming for insurance. You just wait. The middleman is going away. There's no longer going to be an ACH clearinghouse. You're going to hit submit. And then you're going to see, ping, look at that. You just got paid by, you know, through blockchain and blockchain is confusing. So I'm, I'm not going to even attempt to try and explain it here, but it's another form of, it's a, it's a way to deliver currency and it eliminates the middleman and that's coming. So it seems to me with every uh, decrease in reimbursement, every hit on the, on the profit and loss statement, there is a potential offset. There is always a potential offset if you look hard enough for it. So, you know, if you look now how most offices are getting paid, um, most have kind of made the slow conversion over to ACH. So, you know, they submit the claims, they get paid by ACH. That sped up the time, the cash flow, the velocity of money, it sped it up tremendously. Um, which I was, I mean, as soon as I found out we could get ACH on anything, I'm like, take it, take it, take it. I'll take my money five, six, seven days, eight days, 10 days faster than I'm getting it now. Besides that, I have no checks to play with. I don't have to make a trip to the bank. So, I mean, you pick up efficiencies when there are changes that at first blush might be negative. And so um, part, of this, part of this paper is trying to shed some light on how to think 
about what's happening and to get out of the habit of always being like, ah, this is sucks. This is not good for solo practice. This is going to destroy dentistry as we know it, you know, and look, DSOs aren't going to destroy dentistry. I mean, they're just not, they're going to, if anything, they're going to enhance it. They're going to get more people interested in going to the dentist because their penetration into every market is going to be far greater than a solo or small group or even a big group can make. So, I mean, realistically, if you kind of, I, I buy into this concept, the more people that know about dentistry, the more dentistry you and I are going to do if we're, if I'm a dentist and you're a dentist, the more people that know about it, the more people are going to want it because it's like sleep apnea. If the whole world knew how important treating sleep apnea was, everybody would be sleeping with a tap appliance in their face, right? Or they'd have a CPAP, right. um, but they don't, they don't know that yet. And so DSOs have the ability to penetrate far greater. And, and that can be a boon because not everybody wants to go to a chain. They don't, and they never will. If everybody wanted to go to a chain, every, there would be a McDonald's every 10 feet. There'd be a Burger King every, there'd be more Starbucks stores now and Howard Schultz would be master of the universe, not running for president. So, I mean, to me, it, it, you know, I look at Starbucks, the impact it's had on my friend's coffee franchise. He owns 15, 16 coffee stands here in the area. He's wealthy beyond, I mean, you can't imagine the amount of money these things pour off or throw off. Starbucks, he's like, yeah, baby, bring it on. I mean, it gets people in the habit of sucking down sweet caffeinated beverages and frothy things all day long. It's good for my business. I love it. So I think, I think how we think about this and how we look at it, it's really our decision to make if we want to embrace it and go with it or if we want to be afraid of it and, you know, retract and, and be fearful and be grumpy and, you know, blame everybody and the ADA sucks and this and that. And, hey, you know, I mean, last I checked the ADA, you know, their mission doesn't mean, their mission doesn't say we're here to support every solo dentist, no matter what. <laughs> I don't think that's their mission. So anyway, not, I'm, I'm not standing up for them, but I'm just saying we got to be, we have to understand what their mission is and what their mission is not. And it's not to prevent DSOs from entering the space. Yeah, I would say too, uh, yeah, I'm a member of the ADA uh, and the AGD. If you're a general dentist uh, and you want somebody to have your back, it's the AGD. If you're a general dentist and you want somebody to have your back, it's not the ADA because they represent every single dentist of every type. So they couldn't possibly just have the back of the general dentist. It doesn't make any sense. So, uh, yeah, that's right. Um, a lot of, you know, I tell you what, you know, you said that according to that chart, kind of the, the dental, uh, dental expenditures peaked out about 2007, right? Yeah. So it's curious if you're one of these people out here and you're, you're, you know, you're a new graduate or whatever, and you're kind of fearful and you know, you're not sure about the future. And that's a totally understandable. I mean, just don't, don't believe um, the, all the doom and gloom, but also like if you get on social media a lot, I'm convinced if the dental expenditures topped out in 2007 and like 80 or 90% of the dentists that I've seen posting in the major groups on Facebook, talk about how great things are and things just keep going up, up, up. Something's not congruent there. Now, I may just be a simple country boy, but I'm pretty sure that that's impossible for the total money to go flatter down and that 90% of everybody on Facebook to be going up. So I would just say, if you're like a new dentist, don't believe everything you read online, uh, but don't, you know, and don't be, don't be too downtrodden either because you can maneuver this. There's always gonna be different rules. I've always said, just tell me the rules. Like I love sports. Just tell me the rules. Whatever the rules are, I will try to figure out a way to make it work. Um, and I have a feeling 
it'll be that way forever. Uh, you know, and you said too, never, not everybody wants to go to DSO. Not everybody wants to go to a government run clinic. Not everybody wants to go to a DSO. Uh, I have a former employee that moved to London. She worked at a government run dental clinic and said it was the most awful thing she ever did. And then later she worked for a private dentist in London. I didn't even really know those existed. Right. Yeah. I got a member over there. Yeah. Yeah. And so she, she, she loved that. So even over where the, the government will pay for your dentistry, if you let them, you can still make a good living being a different kind of dentist. It's really, it, it is truly a great profession because we can pick and choose what's best for us in each different scenario. And, you know, hey, I got a buddy that's, uh, you know, he's a big DSO guru now. Um, and he, that's, he, he loves helping people build DSOs. I've had people try to get me to help them build systems for a DSO before, and it's just not my thing. I've said, look, I really don't know how to do that because I have no interest in it. I don't really particularly like DSOs. I don't think they're great for dentistry. Um, I, like you say, they will expose dentistry to more people, which might eventually be better for me, but I'm, I'm just not a DSO kind of guy. I love them. I love the, the guys doing it, but I'm, I'm more of a solo or just small practice, private one location guy, maybe two locations. You get over that, you're kind of over my head, you know? So, uh, Mm -hmm. That's just a lot of ways you can skin this cat. Just if you're a new, new a new dentist, just figure out what's best for you and go go for it. I I still believe this is America. You can do it. Uh, you know, I mean, there's no absolutely no question. And one of the conclusions that I make about DSOs is, you know, is it only DSO from here on out? Absolutely not. Um, there are there are there will always be <clears throat> always be pockets. There will always be. Um, different demographics that will uh, attract a solo type practice and that and a solo practice will benefit from being in these different areas there that'll always remain um i mean and i and i go to medicine as an example my friend matt um he's a physician i don't know 20 minutes from my house and um and he you know i think it was three four years ago uh, i got a letter from him and he said i'm completely revamping my practice i'm dropping every insurance company um, and here's my fee schedule and here's how you can remain a patient. I can't bill insurance. I'm not going to be a provider for Medicaid, blah, blah, blah. So <clears throat> he laid it out and I looked at his plan. I'm like, oh my God, I, I was paying more with insurance than I was, you know, directly. In other words, it was a better deal for me as a consumer to deal with him directly and for him to re I mean, his fees, I mean, it's ridiculous. I pay $105 a month for me and my two daughters to, for him to treat whatever the heck it is we need. I mean, you name it. And I mean, my daughter has been in his office. She went, she got bit by a spider and was in his office every week for three months because the infection was just going through every system in her body. And she kept having all these weird reactions. And, um, you know, I mean, so she was there constantly. I've, I've been there. My other daughter's been, there. I mean, it's just, to me, it's, you know, people freak out and they don't look at reality because realistically, Chris, tomorrow, if you wanted, if you made the decision, I'm dropping every insurance company, I'm just going to go fee for service. Fine. Figure out what that really means, right? Like, what do I need to do to make that happen? That takes a lot of work and you shouldn't, and that's not a decision that you make lightly. You know, one of the, uh, one of my answers to insurance years ago, 15, 16, 17 years, no, it was 15 years ago. Um, I created what, what we call the dental healthcare club. And lo and behold, every website you go to about dentistry now, there's like, oh, you should have your own club. You should have your own plan and in office this or in office that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you should. That's a great idea. You know, I, I created it 15 years ago. 
But I mean, you know, I'm a little, am I, I'm a little bitter about that. But, You're ahead you know. of the time, Jerry. I was, I was ahead. It's like the franchise, man. I was ahead of the time on the dental franchise. Dang it. I just didn't have the horsepower. The pioneer. Um, you got to quit being a pioneer, Jerry. You just gotta go. <laughs> I got the arrows. My ass is sore. <laughs> well, what you um, said right there, I was going to bring this up, actually. It's a good point because like you said, you're 15 years ahead of the time, but this, our, our world economy, everything is sort of moving away from an ownership mentality uh, to, to a, whatever you call this subscription model economy, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's everything. iTunes was the big thing a few years ago. Now it's Spotify because now you don't have to buy a song for 99 cents. You can just buy a whole catalog of songs on Spotify and listen to whatever you want to. Um, and like you said, the dental offices, that is a big thing. That's becoming bigger and bigger for me too. In my practice is our dental membership plan. Uh, I think, and I, I read an article, I'm not sure if it was the JADA or what, but whoever was quoted in there, they thought that in five years that like half the dentists in America who ha had their own practice would have their own dental membership plan. Maybe more, even more than that. Um, you really should. Really I mean, it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Well, and there's a book, I would recommend a book called Pendulum. Did you read it? It was sort of recommended by Glazer Kennedy a few years ago. And it's a really good book about how uh, just uh, social conditions shift every 40 years. It's like a pendulum. And so maybe we're close. I don't know. We're probably on the upswing toward people not wanting to own things and own a big asset that's a weight around their neck. But it will eventually swing back. But for the foreseeable future, people are not going to want to you know, that's in their mind. They want to pay Netflix instead of go buy a DVD. They want to get Spotify. They want to do. And if you put yourself in that position, you kind of get in front. Like you're not like Jerry, you're not 15 years ahead of the time, you know, yep. you're kind of going with the flow with what everybody's kind of wanting to do. It just makes it easier. So yes. um, I think that is a prediction that we, we could probably make today is that if you can find a way to get yourself in front of this wave of people wanting to sort of, have a membership somewhere, then you will, it will benefit your practice. So go do that tomorrow. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Chris, for us, it was phenomenally successful. It's one of the reasons why the, my, why my practice sold for a higher valuation than it should have is because we had that in place. And I mean, we had a 45% fee for service and 55% insurance of some kind, no Medicaid at that point. Um, but that was something we promoted from day one. And when I sold, we had people that had been part of that program since day one. They've been paying 29 or 49 or $91 a month since day one. And, and I mean, if I look at the value of that over time, I mean, now, by the way, the best way to sell this isn't one at a time in an office. I've got, I developed an entire system to sell memberships um, and it involves an attractive young man, an attractive young woman uh, doing lunch and learns at a, with, with small business owners or you know, the directors of the people that can make the decisions. So we created a PowerPoint and a whole, I mean, we created a whole lead generation system, a website where they could go and request an appointment. I mean, this thing was all dialed in and ready to go. And then I got the bright idea, it's probably time to sell my deadlines. So I never did execute it, but we, I mean, that's the way to sell this. Not one at a time in your office, but multiples, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 at a whack, if you want to build it really fast. That, that is awesome. I think we're probably going to do that. If you don't care, Jerry, the next health fair at the big uh, factory, I may do that. I'm going to get it. I would absolutely encourage it. I mean, it's a no brainer, you know, Lupita and, and somebody else leave you at home. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, cause you know, Lupita is just going to tear everybody. She's going to get them in there and get them all excited and signed up. But uh, I mean, that to me, that's like, that was the, 
that was the biggest breakthrough. I mean, I remember when I came back and I sat down and I talked to my team about it, I'm like, hey, you know, how much does it cost for a patient to get an ex exams and x-rays for a year? How much is a cleaning? How much is all that stuff? You know, and we came up with a number. I'm like, so really that's about 30 bucks a month. They're like, yeah. I'm like, well, why don't we just start charging people 29 bucks a month? And, you know, I, and, and then that led to another iteration, Chris, where I think this has legs. I don't think anybody will do it, but I think it has legs. I came up with this concept and I ran the numbers. Um, I mean, it looked like a phenomenal concept, but I never put it into action. And that was creating a dental practice called $99 Dental. And the deal was you could get anything you wanted done for $99 a month, but you had to sign like a long-term agreement, like a five or 10-year agreement, whatever, whatever the numbers were, but it was 99 bucks a month. So if you need a crown, it's 99 bucks a month. Just come in, we'll get you a crown. It's 99 bucks. Next month, you come in, you get your cleaning. You're still paying 99 bucks a month. So the idea was to get $1,200 a year from every person that walked in the door. So if you have a thousand patients and you're getting a thousand dollars, let's give them a little discount. Thousand patients, a thousand dollars a year, you got a huge practice, right? And, and you're just whacking them every month. You're not dealing with insurance. You're not doing any of that stuff. It's just on continuity and the money's just flowing in. You're just getting your 80, 90 grand a month and you're happy as a pig in slop. Well, that's a, what you just described as a private HMO. Yeah. I've never yeah. heard that. Uh, I've never heard that thought of. That's a great idea, Jerry. Let's do that. Me and you, let's yeah. partner up and let's do the country's first private HMO. Let's do it. I'm in. What do I have to do? <laughs> <laughs> Too much work for me and you, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure I can fit it. I'm sure I can fit it in somewhere. <laughs> well, hey, oh, you, know, you, you said it's not the way to do it, but you know, we've built up a pretty nice, like several hundred people on our membership plan. And we've never done that cool idea of yours, but what we do is uh, every time we do a treatment plan, like every day, all day, Lapita comes in with two prices. She'll be like, if they don't have insurance, she's like, hey, well, this is the price. Of course, you know, if you were on our membership plan, it would be this price. And yeah, that's exactly how you sell it, one-to-one. -one. Yep. Yeah, so you can onesie-twosie it, but if you combine that with the group idea, man, that's like, boom. You oh, should have blows it up. Yeah, it blows it up. Well, I mean, you and I were talking before we hit the record button. This is why I love doing these discussions, Chris, because you never know what's going to happen. So before we started talking, um, you mentioned how many uh, inactive patients you have. Now, you take what we just talked about to that group of inactive patients, and you spent 12 months. You made a commitment. I'm going to market the daylights out of that group of people for 12 months, and I'm going to market my, my in-house, quote-unquote, plan. By the way, you don't want to use that word because it could get you in trouble with the insurance commissioners. Ask me how I know that. Um, so... Uh, what, you know, imagine just focusing that on that group of people. I bet you at the end of the year, you'd probably peel off another 100 or 200 people. Easy, easy. You might do that in the first couple months. So, I mean, I, I do, I love the idea. I embrace it. Now, I would caution our, our listeners or watchers, however you're consuming this, um, be wary of a company that wants to charge you 1000 or fifteen or $2,000 to set it up. And then they want to ding you 500 a month and all this crap. Look, it's not rocket science. It doesn't take some fancy schmancy third party that specializes in membership clubs. I mean, look, go do your homework. Talk to people like Dr. Griffin. Talk to people like me. I mean, it, look, we did this like at no cost, right? We weren't paying out the wazoo. We had a simple web-based program. We entered in their, you know, their, um, their payment information. And then, you know, then it was automated from there after the money just showed up every week. I mean, or every day. That's another thing. It's really cool. Isn't it, Chris, when money just shows up in your bank account every day and you didn't have to like chase anybody for it. <laughs> you know, it's just that, continuity that, revenue that, over and over and over. I love yes. it. Yes. 
Oh, that nice. is very cool. And, and, you know, I mean, it just gives you a chance to be a, a really good guy too. I mean, cause you're not, when they have a problem, you, you don't charge them a bunch to figure out what's wrong with them. And, uh, and you give them a big discount to help them get it done. It's all, and if it's more, I mean, good grief, there's a thousand dollar limit on a lot of insurances. You, you get a way better benefit mm -hmm. just doing your own in-house plan. Uh, and like, it's not rocket science. You, your staff's already not maxed out at a hundred percent. It's really just one or two staff people knowing what's going on and typing on a calculator just a few times a day. I mean, it's nothing, you should not be paying a lot for the anything really. I don't think. Now we're gonna no, there's, there's, this sorry. is a no expense deal. You know, you can, you can go to the Cadillac cause there's companies out there that charge you up the wazoo. And I just, I mean, I, I, Hey, good for them because they're getting it, you know? Um, but I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, this is one more thing that dentists are paying for that they probably shouldn't be paying for because they don't need to, they just really don't need to. But that's, that's where we live in. Hey, when it comes to reading the state of dentistry, what, was there anything in here that you were like, oh man, that really just makes the hackles on my next, you know, stand up. I mean, was there anything that aggravated you? Was there anything that was like, yeah, man, that is a hundred percent. I'm so excited about that part of it. Well, I, you know, we talked to already talked a lot about the stuff that sort of ticked me off and stuff that I'm encouraged by. I will tell you the story about Scott Westermeyer. Of course, he's a, I would say we're friends, right? I haven't seen him in four or five years, but if I saw him, I would love to, we'd sit down and talk for two hours and have dinner or something, you know, super amazing, awesome guy. And I know that he had a really, really great practice and especially a great huge implant practice. And so reading what you wrote about him made me realize that I've been right advising some of my friends uh, because I have some friends that have amazing practices, solo dentists. I've got two friends that both have solo practices that do $2.4 million a year. And that's nothing to sneeze at for a solo dentist, let me tell you. Um, but both of them, one is a specialist in sedation, one's a specialist in implants, and that's the bulk of their practice. And they're very skilled, like they, they're the only people in their whole area that can do the things that they do. And uh, so I said, look, that's great, but you're gonna, you're gonna be a little, it's, it's gonna be tricky to sell your practice and get what it's worth because who's gonna buy it that can come in and do what you do? <clears throat> Nobody, right? And so I saw that Scott, you said that they went from the one major super amazing practice uh, to six locations before they, and did you, did, did they sell or they just went Oh, to no, no, they're just getting this thing cranked up. So he's going the, the DSO model. So yeah, I mean, if, if you don't mind, I'll give a little backstory. So I met Scott back in 20, um, 2013. God, it's been long, it seems like it's been longer ago than that. Must have been 2013, 2012, somewhere back in there. No, no, it wasn't. It was actually back in 2007 when I met Scott for the first time. So he attended one of my events. Um, and so we've kind of stayed in touch since then. But so Scott was, you know, going through a rough patch for a period of time. And he, in, in this implant thing clicked, he started doing in-house webinar, in-house uh, implant seminars, inviting prospective patients to his office to, you know, to do the in-house seminar. And he's just been incredibly successful. That blew his practice up. And I mean, so he and his partner are looking at each other, trying to figure out how are we going to sell this thing? Because it's really not a saleable asset. It's too big. And also it relies on, on one procedure, you know, not one. I mean, don't get me wrong. They do everything there, but the, the implants are kind of what they're known for. And they realize that this isn't something that they could like literally get that 70% or 80% of, you know, of their net, <clears throat> which incidentally, dental practices sell at a lower multiple than a quick service uh, food restaurant. Those are selling at five and five and a half times uh, earnings. 
and a dental practice is selling at 70% of one year's gross, uh, if you're lucky. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe that's a strategy, Chris, go buy some franchises, you know? Um, <clears throat> hey, I won't say I haven't ever looked into it. Um, but you know, so, so they made a decision. We either you know, ride this horse into the ground or we build something that we can sell that has, you know, a, it is a bigger value. Um, and so that's what they decided. So Scott in December told me that he was going to retire from, from chairside and he was going to move into the C-suite, which is the executive, the chief suite, chief executive officer, chief financial, you know, the C-suite. Um, so they built out an office for that and they've got six practices and knowing Scott will blow that thing up, probably end up with 20, 30, 40 practices, maybe more. I don't know what his plans call for, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's but Scott, Scott looks around and understands that it's a business deal. It's not an emo, it's not something to get emotional about. It's just business. And how do I adapt? What do I do to stay alive? And that's kept him really uh, alive and rocking and rolling and exceeding what most practices are doing because he's paying attention. He's alert. Yeah. And, uh, what well, tell you, Scott had, a, he had, I've always been jealous of Scott. Uh, besides from the fact he has these rugged, good looks, you know, uh, you know, Doesn't that piss you off? he's like, got that big, he's got that masculine chin and yeah, this, it's all uh, tough looking. He had this, uh, his partner was Jeff, uh, right? Jeff. Didn't he have a partner named Jeff? You got me. I don't know. I, think so. I don't remember. His, I, I never met his partner, so I can't I say it. He's a great guy, too. Uh, now, Jeff was a tremendous clinician. Now, Scott always had this idea. He always wanted to manage. But Jeff just wanted to work. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that was a great – they had a great synergy because Scott's always wanting to drum up all this business, and then he's got a partner who is equally skilled who just wants to work all the time. And so that is just – it was just an amazing deal. Um, and so I was always jealous of Scott because he had that set up. And where I'm at, you know – I just, it's hard for me to even find anybody to talk to, you know, because it's nobody out here really could relate to me. I have to, I have to stay on text message, text message with some of my classmates just to get a little dental talk every now and then, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that was a really good setup they had up there in Buffalo. Right. And uh, yep. so that they, they probably knowing Scott, uh, they'll probably dominate that if they, if they get serious about it. Yeah. I, I have no doubts. Um, he's very capable. He's very smart. Um, and he surrounded himself with really smart people. I mean, that's, I'll give Scott credit. He recognized early on that, I mean, you know, by yourself, you can only accomplish so much, but if you surround yourself with people who are, who have a, a higher level of skill in other areas than what you have, um, and they offset, they make up for you. There's a, there's a quote in here from Ab Michael Abernathy, who, whom I interviewed for this, uh, for the state of dentistry as well, where he talks about that, about making sure you put people around you that make you look like a superstar. Right. I mean, it shouldn't be about you and, and you want to put people around you that are leaders that, that can carry the weight that you just can't. You know, and Abernathy's example was, you know, hey, I'm not the most social kind of guy. I'm not a people person. I kind of would just rather be on my ranch, hanging out with my cows and, you know, doing ranch stuff. Um, and so I had to put people around me in my practices who offset what I was not, who, who were what I did, wasn't so that I could come across as a people person. Because in dentistry, if you're not a people person, if you don't love people and you're not outgoing and friendly and gregarious and, you know, you're not going to succeed. I always talk about my friend, Dr. Tom Chartel, who's in Kansas City. And Tom is like, he built himself as the world's strongest dentist. I don't know if that still holds true or not, but I mean, he's, you know, a football player in college and all that stuff. Big, big strapping dude. And uh, funny as all get out. I mean, you know, Tom... Tom will cuss a blue streak, um, you know, with, with old Nanny McPhee sitting in the chair and she's laughing, you know, and he just, 
he gets the best of everybody. And so consequently, Tom has never spent a penny on advertising. He just hasn't. He hasn't had to. He's in one of the wealthiest areas in Kansas City. Um, and I mean, people just flock to him. They, because of, of who he is, he's a people person. And so it attracts really great people and, and, and he's got a great team. So I always brag about him and, and, and as a great example of, of how to market yourself without spending any money. And he's just really good at it because he's funny and he's happy and just, you know, he loves making people laugh. So, yeah, I mean, you have to either have the ability to advertise and promote your practice or you got to just be somebody like Tom, you know, that just has it naturally. He's gifted. He's like Scott. You know, Scott's good looks. Tom's funny and he's good looking. You know, here I am in Oregon just struggling along. Well, well, Mike, Mike Abernathy. Uh, very, uh, I, I, like you say, he may be introverted, kind of like I am really introverted uh, when I'm not speaking and stuff, but boy, on stage, you can tell he's really probably that way in his practice, very uh, gregarious. Howard Ferran, I always was wary taking advice from Howard Ferran because I couldn't do what he did regardless of how many times he told me to do it, right? I mean, <laughs> nobody's going to act like that in real life. I mean, I don't think so. So, um, you know, but, but it does – it's a challenge. If you're the kind of guy, if you're, if you don't have a little, if you don't have the capacity to reach down, even though you may hate it and just really love on your patients and care about them and talk to them and figure out what they really want. Um, it's going to be a challenge for you. Now, if you can do that, this future dentistry thing, it probably won't affect you all that much. So yeah. that might be one of the biggest skills that people could work on is just, just practice serving people and trying to help them and really caring about them. If you could do that, a lot of the stuff we're talking about is just, you know, it's just tactics. Uh, the big strategy is just really find a way to care about people. Yeah, um, you know, I've got this plaque here on my desk and for those watching and not listening, um, you won't be able to make it out, but there's this plaque that sits on my desk here and everybody at Jerry Jones Direct on my leadership team has this plaque. Frankly, everybody should have it, which I'm gonna make a note. I'm gonna send one to everybody. But, on one side of this plaque are the principles of leadership, and on the other side uh, is a poem, more or less, about the leader. Um, but number one, under the principles of leadership, is know yourself and seek self-improvement. And so, you know, if, if, if that's all you did in business, is understand where your skills were at and where you were deficient, not only to seek and improve those skills, but to find people to, that, that made up for your deficiencies right? You're going to be successful. I mean, you are, right? Even at clinical dentistry, know yourself, seek self-improvement. Okay. It's clinical dentistry. I know I suck at third molars. Okay. Then I'm going to go take nine classes on third molars until I get it right. I'm super fast. So, I mean, I don't know what I just said there because I've just heard people say third molars are tough. So I, I'm making stuff up, Chris, as I go along. Um, but that's the reality is, I mean, that's a principle of leadership and, you know, not to get off on that tangent, but I did, by the way, I did include these 11 principles of leadership in the state of dentistry because they're that yeah. important. Um, but when it comes to that, if you ever are wondering, sitting in your practice wondering, what should I do? How do I fix my blank insert problem? Um, how do I grow my practice? How do I recruit and find better people? All answers are in those 11 principles of leadership. Every single answer that you seek is in those 11 principles of leadership. Um, and there's not anything in there that would not just blow your practice up. It's why here at my company, at Jerry Jones Direct, we spend time, my leadership team and I, every other week meet for 30 minutes and we talk about one of these principles of leadership. And it's, it's now become an initiative within Jerry Jones Direct to teach everybody these principles of leadership and talk about them. And so my contention is if you get the state of dentistry, read everything you can and then take those principles of leadership that are towards the end and actually create a program 
in your practice where you're talking about the principles of leadership with your team. You'll make a better team. You'll have a better practice. Patients are going to love you more. You know, I mean, all the benefits just, you know, they come to the surface after about two, three months of doing it. But anyway. Yeah, I, nothing in those I disagree with. Everything 100% spot on the money. Uh, a lot of stuff we talk about are tactics, but those 11 things, that will cover the whole spectrum. Sure does. Yeah, it sure does. Um, well, look, I, man, I appreciate this. Uh, I appreciate you taking time out again to talk to me. And I want to thank you again for last October when we recorded um, a short thing, much shorter than this, uh, to get your thoughts on the state of dentistry. And I'm, I was happy to include them. Um, and I, you know, like you said, I recommend every dentist in America get a hold of this because it's that important. It, um, it's, you know, I would almost go so far as if you want to know what to do in the next two, three years, uh, the state of dentistry is a fantastic roadmap to help you think through what you want to do. Yes, absolutely. Read what he wrote and sort of imagine in your mind's eye, okay, if this really happened, what would be my, what would my practice need to look like? And what would, what could I do today? that if this happens in three years, what could I do today that sets me up for success when everybody else is running and crying and there's blood in the streets, right? So uh, yeah, totally agree with that. Yeah, awesome. Um, any last minute words of wisdom, Chris, uh, that you have? I think, uh, I think we may have gotten more wisdom out of me today than I actually have. So uh, <laughs> there's no wisdom, I don't believe that. wisdom reservoir. Uh, I'm just so happy to get to talk with you and, uh, Man, like I said, I've got notes on what to do uh, with my practice, like your idea for the selling the membership plans to the inactive patients that I have and going to the health fair. That's totally, that's golden. So if you don't know Jerry Jones, I suggest you get to know him a little bit better. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. And, and I'd say the same thing. If um, Chris has a podcast that's on iTunes, it's been memorialized. You should be devouring that every episode. Uh, and pay attention to what Chris Griffin is doing. Um, Chris, where where do people go to to learn more about um, what you're up to and your latest explorations and discoveries and practice? Yeah, well, you can just go to the podcast homepage. It'll be fine, drchrisgriffin.com. Um, and it's on iTunes too, the Dr. Chris Griffin Show. But that, that pretty much, we keep that up to date as much as anything. I'm going to put this interview, Jerry, on my YouTube channel, um, which I have, have, have just a very small YouTube channel building. I only put the good stuff on there, but this is going to the top of the list, right? So yeah, the YouTube awesome. channel, I think it's Chris Griffin DDS. So anyway, that's, that's where you can find my stuff. And, uh, and uh, so just, and, and for my people listening, where do they go to get the state of, the, the state of dentistry? Very easy, thestateofdentistry.com. That's it, thestateofdentistry.com. All right, thestateofdentistry.com. And there was no uh, boycott, uh, no walkout, no shutdown to prevent you from delivering this state of dentistry. The <laughs> website has not been blackballed from Russians infiltrating it. Not yet, not yet. Um, although um, I, might have said a, I might have said an unflattering thing or two about a few organizations or people perhaps in the state of dentistry. I don't know, you probably have to read it to find out. But oh, um, hey. Go get it before it goes dark. Go get it right now. <laughs> that's, that's it. It's coming down. Two days. That's all you got. <laughs> oh, I will say this. The first time, the first couple of times I released this, so I, I think I've done, this is the fifth edition. Counting yours would be the sixth edition. Um, I have in the past mailed it out and I've insisted on mailing it out instead of print, you know, instead of emailing it. You know, I, I kind of stepped up to the modern times and I'm cheap. Um, I'm one cheap SOB. So, 
Um, now it gets emailed. So when you go to the stateofdentistry.com, you're going to enter in your information uh, because I can't send it to you without your information. And then you'll get an email uh, or you'll get a download page. I don't know how it all works. But anyway, you'll have the ability to download it and read it right away. Um, and I'd encourage you, you know, do spend some time reading this and maybe read it two, three times because some of these concepts, you know, they're going to be foreign. They may be foreign to you. And if they're not foreign, they may be a little you know, pushing the limits a little bit um, for where you're used to, where your comfort zone is. And so I think if you read it a few times, um, you'll get a good idea of what's going on. And, and by all means, if you have questions, comments, hate mail, bring it on, man. I love it all. I mean, I, I don't shy away from the hate mail, the trolls, the whatever. I mean, I love that stuff. Um, so if you have comments, man, please send them along. Yeah, but you better be careful. If you troll Jerry Jones, you better be prepared for him to hit back. <laughs> I'm taking cues from our president. Little box. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Chris. Big, a big, big thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jerry. We'll see you, man. Take care. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Dr. Chris Griffin Show. Be sure to visit drchrisgriffin.com for the latest resources and updates to keep you more productive every single day you're at the practice. So when you're not working, you can do the things that matter most in life. We look forward to having you join us for another episode of The Chris Griffin Show, where the doctor is always in.